I am Abram. God asked me to leave my people and to follow him into the unknown. And on that journey, he changed my name from Abram, exalted father, to Abraham, father of the nations. Because I believed, he told me that the land belonged to me. I would be the father of nations and kings would be in my family. And this great land would be ours. Because I believed, it all came to me. I am Moses. I am no longer a foreigner or a stranger. I'm with God's people members of his household. I'm Rahab. And when the Israelites conquered Jericho, I believe God was a true God. Uh, oh, uh, um, I turned from my sinful lifestyle and I was grafted even though I did not deserve to be I wanted to come from where the King David was born from, and uh, oh, I'm a, uh, I'm no longer a foreigner or a stranger, but I am a fellow citizen and a family member of God's household. I am Ruth, and I was a Moabite. I chose to leave my family my religion and my culture to join the family of God. I told my mother-in-law, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Because I chose that, I was chosen to be the great-great-grandmother of King David. I'm no longer a foreign, I'm no longer a foreigner or a stranger, but a fellow citizen and member of God's household. I am Paul. Formerly known as Saul of Tarsus, I persecuted the sect that was called the Way, killing Christians continually and bringing them to prison. I even remember there was one Christian named Stephen who I allowed others to stone. And as he died, I smiled. I was starting to go on a way to on a road to Damascus. And as I was thinking about this man, Stephen, whose face shone like that of an angel, my heart started to shift inside of me and I started to think, why was this man so adamant that Jesus was the Christ? As I was riding on this, on this horse, I looked up and saw his bright light and it made me fall off my horse and I heard, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Ever since then, I became a tra transformed man and my name became Paul and I started following the way, the sect that I firmly persecuted. Because of that, I went through much turmoil, beating, stripes, but I'm telling you it was worth it. I am no longer a stranger and foreigner, but now a member of the household of God because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. I am a I am Autumn. 
I am part of God's story today. I used to live for myself. I was alone, I had no hope, I had so much darkness in my mind and in my heart, but Jesus changed my heart. When I became a part of his family, I found peace, I found joy, and I found love. I am no longer a foreigner or a stranger, but a fellow citizen and a member of God's household. Give him a hand. Good job, guys. They did awesome. And this is the story. We're all part of it. We're all part of God's family if we choose to follow him. We're part of even the first guy. Who was the first guy? Abraham. Abraham was told that you will have a family as large as what? Does anybody remember? The stars in the sky. If you're here, you can't see many stars. But you're out in the woods. You see so many stars, you can't even count them. And that is because we now are part of Abraham's family. Part of Abraham's family is following Jesus. And as we do, we see that there's no better way, right? What happened with Rahab? She was in a dark world. It was Jericho. It was all sin. It was all darkness. But she said, wait a minute, those Jericho, those Israelite people, they got something I want. And she left it all. She, she gave it all up so she could be part of God's family, right? And so this is what happened. We start with Ephesians. We've been learning about it. Last week, Pastor Robert had went into unity. And I'm just kind of continuing that with that we are part of God's family. Okay? And what does that mean to be part of God's family? This is the scripture that they just shared. The scripture, um, I forgot where it's found, so give me my first scripture, whatever they just said. Ephesians 2. All right. Ephesians 2, uh, 19. And what it says is, consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers. You heard them say that, right? But fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. We are part of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles, prophets, and Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and raised to become a holy temple for the Lord. And say it with me, in him, in him, you too are being built together and become a dwelling which God lives in his spirit. We, we did that a lot, but that's what they just showed you. Okay, guys, we are all part of it from the very beginning of creation. We are part of God's story. And then what did we end with right here? What was Autumn's? Was she in the Bible? The answer is yes, but no. There you go. The answer is yes, but no, because we're still in the Bible. This part still has to happen. So we're right here in God's story and in God's family. Okay? So Autumn and you are part of this family that we were given. And so what does that look like? First of all, it's unity. Okay? So everybody say unity. What does that mean? You know what that means? Yeah, unity is working together as one body does. Okay, so everybody close your eyes. Now, raise your right hand as high as you can. Put it down. 
Now raise your left leg. Maybe as high as you can, or just raise it. Okay, now blink your eyes five times. Okay, how did you make all that happen? How did your body work? Did it just do it itself? What's guiding your actions? What? Everybody point at your head. There's a gooey mass in there that guides the rest of your body, right? Could I raise my arm if I didn't think about it? Could I raise my leg if I didn't think about it? You can't do it without the the brain, the head. And who is the head of the body? So we can't work. We can't be one without who? Jesus. Jesus is the head. Let's read where it says Jesus is the head. Jesus is the head in Ephesians 4. It says, instead of speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the? Hey. That is? That's right. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Okay? I can't do it without you. You can't do it without me. And we can't do it without Jesus. Jesus is the one that makes us one. If we don't have Jesus, we aren't one. If we don't let him be the head, we aren't one. So that's how we have unity. Unity is looking to who? Jesus. To tell me, do I raise my arm? Or does he raise his foot? Does he blink? Or does it just start working because you're doing things inside? We don't even know that's happening inside right now, right? You don't even know your body's working right now. There's people in here praying for right now. And you don't know what's going on in this room because people are praying, okay? There's things that goes on inside of our bodies that we don't see, but only if who is the head. Jesus. That's right. So let's let Jesus be the head of our body and we have unity. We're going through the section where there was the verse that you memorized. We're going through that section, okay? It's 1 Corinthians. So you can open up if you have your Bible with you, 1 Corinthians 12. And the first section, starting at verse 12, is about... Unity. So let me just look at it. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit. Okay, whenever I say uh, one, I need you all to hold up your fingers to one. Okay, see how many ones are in this. Are you ready? For we are baptized in, by one spirit, and then we are formed one body. Whether Jew or Jew, uh, Gentile, slave or free, we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made of one part, but of many. And then it goes on to saying, we had four. Good job. Y'all did math. All right. We, it goes on to saying, but if I don't want to be a foot, I want to be a hand. Okay. It's talking about when we don't have unity. So we'll skip that part and says, but in fact, starting at verse uh, 15, uh, bleh, 18. But in fact, God has placed the part in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but body. There we go. 
So that's unity. So the section about the body of Christ says, hey, guys, you can't be this body unless you are one. And that is in Christ. Okay? So we learn how our body works with our head. Now let's go to the next part of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21. We're starting the next part. Everybody say it with me. Pray for one another. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. The head cannot say to the feet. Everybody say it. I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body, they seem to be weaker or indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. The parts that are unrepresentable, we treat with modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that they should be no division in the body. What does that sound like? No division? One. One. But that its parts should be equal concerning for each other. So I need a helper. Who wants to be my helper? Come on, Manny. Come on up here. All right, Manny. You're going to represent... The weaker part. We'll start with that, okay? But then you can be the stronger part. Let's start with you being the weaker part. Manny, what are you struggling with right now? He likes this, and he's afraid somebody else will take it. He's struggling, okay? Well, I want to support Manny. How do I support Manny? How should I support you? Say pray. I'm I'm a stuffed animal doctor. Okay, pray. Jesus, thank you for my Say pray. Say the word prayer. Prayer. Yeah, prayer. Ready, Manny? Manny, can you push this button for me? Push it right there. Push it. (gasps) I have prayer. But I want to cover you with my prayer. This is what... Protecting the weaker part looks like is praying for them, and it's a visual of protection. Okay? We all are weak at some point. Manny, I'm weak right now. Would you pray for me? Good job. He covered me in prayer in that moment. This is the covering of prayer. And we want to cover one another with prayer because what did it say? Some are weaker. Some need more modesty and covering because something went bad in their life. So we cover them. We don't say expose them and say, look what they did. We cover them and say, God, help them. Help them get better. Someone's in the mud. Do we leave them in the mud? No, we pick them up and cover them and say, it's going to be all right. You sin, you, you dirty. But let's go. I'll, I'll cover you and then we'll get clean. Okay. This is the body is what? Praying for one another. So we got God as the head is our unity. Stay close. Then we pray for one another and cover one another. What does God's word say more about covering one another? It says in Ephesians 6, this is what Topher taught us. Who can remember the part about praying for one another? Anybody remember that about five weeks ago? Come on, quiz for adults. Who's got it? What's the part about prayer? In the armor of God, what does it say? 
Where, that's the putting on, but it, what about prayer in the armor of God? It says, Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for who? For all of the Lord's people. That's one another. You're right. But it's all of us. We're praying for all of us. I have to admit, I don't pray for all of you. I'm sorry. Uh, but I want to cover me. See, I'm weak in that. So we want to cover one another, but I want to get better. As I read this, I'm like, for all the people, I got my favorites I'm praying for. I got the ones that disturb me and I'm praying for them in a different way. But am I praying for all of you guys? I might say, bless Antioch. But I want to see each one of you in my prayers. I want to say, God, who in the body in this room? Look around. There might be people you don't know. Look around right now. Is there somebody you don't know? Before you leave today, go say hi to that person. Because we are the body. And if you don't even know what your foot looks like, how are you going to use it? Okay? Don't, don't ignore the foot. <laughs> That's what we look like if we didn't say hi to that foot. That foot ain't working today. So say hi to someone. Look around. Does everybody got somebody they don't know? I want to see it. Look around. You got your assignment before you leave. You're going to go say hi to that person you don't know. Hey, sorry. Some people really know people, so you guys are going to be helloed. Okay. So, <laughs> but all of the people we pray for, just our favorites, just the ones that bug us. Let's pray for all of God's family. Colossians 1, 9. For this reason, since we the day we heard, we have not stopped praying for you. Uh-oh. We pray for everybody, but now how often? We have not stopped praying for you. Oh, man. Now I need to pray for all but you know there's a big family, so we do need to keep praying for everybody, right? Thursday night's prayer, we pray for the nations. We're praying for the body of Christ in Israel this week, okay? So that's how you can pray for everyone at all times. Find ways to gather and pray for the body of Christ wherever and don't stop. Don't stop praying. And like I said, Israel. You know what? You are called for, to pray for Israel. You know why? Isaiah 62 says it. 62, 6 through 7. Having postured, posted watchmen on the wall of Jerusalem, they will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourself no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Israel. So who's supposed to pray for Israel? You who call on the Lord. Did you call on the Lord to save you? Guess what? You are a watchman for Israel. It says it right there. If you call on the Lord, if you're a believer, we're praying for Israel because it's on God's heart. It's our family. It's Abraham. And we're also praying for Palestine because it's Abraham's family, okay? We're praying because we call on the Lord. I am, he, I, he's my Savior, so I know that I need to call on him. That's my child. Hi, Zaya. No, I don't think that's Zaya. That's okay. It's not. We're good. I don't have to stop, and y'all have to keep going. Okay, so that's every believer. Y'all ready for the next part? This is the part people don't really like. Y'all ready for this one? Say the word with me. Accountability. Accountability. Yep. Something goes wrong. What happens with the fire alarm when there is a fire and something goes wrong? What happens? <laughs> you should run. But what happens to this thing that's not happening? Yeah, let's try it. Why aren't you beeping? 
oh no, nothing's wrong with me. Nope, nothing's wrong with me. But I hear something. Is something wrong? Oh no. Nope, nope, nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm all good. It's still beeping, isn't it? There's still a warning sign going off in you. Don't cover it. Don't cover the warning sign because guess what? People can know when the warning sign's going off. Okay? They can tell. So if you say, Alice, how are you today? I'm fine. <laughs> really? No. I hear that alarm going off. So let's be honest with each other. Oh, no. no, there's no alarm going off, guys. We're all good here. I'm so, really, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> no. Shh. Carbon dioxide now. All right. Ah! Stop. I said stop. There. Accountability. How are we accountable to one another? First Corinthians says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So it's not just the suffering. Yes, we do need to be there, but we need to be there for the rejoicing. We just had a baby in this house. Woohoo! Go, Kaylin! And Josh! All right. Let's celebrate with them, but let's also suffer with those who are suffering. Let's help those who are in need. And this is what a good list of accountability things we need. Are you ready? If you have one of these, then maybe you should go get somebody with you so you, your alarms not continue going off. So here they are. Accountability we need. How do I say that? Accountability can help you identify and overcome sin in your life. So everyone say sin. If I sin in my life, I need an accountability partner. Set and accomplish goals. I really want to lose weight. I really want to read my Bible more. I really want to get to the prayer sets, but I just can't get the time to do it. But I know I have time. I just need somebody to help me. What goals do you have in your life right now? Get somebody. That's my alarm going off. I need that help. Help me. I need a goal set. Everybody hear my alarm, my goals. I need a goal set. Get somebody to help you, okay? Then hearing God's voice. I'm really struggling. I think I'm supposed to do this. I think I'm supposed to do this. Would you pray with me for guidance? If you're having questions about what's right or what's wrong in the earth, what's going on with Israel, what's going on in your own personal struggles, that's what we're there to hear God's voice. We confirm God's voice by having more people look in God's word for us. They help us stay on track. Don't do it alone because that's when we get weird. Okay? We need to stay together and keep one another accountable to God's voice and God's truth. Recognize when you are believing lies and help you take captive in obedience to Christ. That's one of the bigger ones. Because the enemy lies and says, oh, you're not alone. Don't go tell him that. No, your alarm's not going off. Don't go tell him you're struggling because you feel alone. Oh, don't tell him it, you, you need a ride there because that means you're just, you, you just can't do it yourself. Don't tell him you need a job. They, they don't care. Okay, those lies are the things that we need accountability with more. And the way of doing that. It's just noticing the lie and then just saying it. And usually it just goes away. Say it. Let that beep out loud. Don't cover it. Let it beep out loud. And if you do that, then you're going to have the help you need. But if you just keep listening, the lies will continue. 
So don't listen to any lies. So if you're doing any of those things, please come up uh, when the prayer time is to just have someone pray with you and, and start there with an accountability, okay? So check your heart if one of those things need to be done. And a life group leader, that's what they're here for too. So tell them. They are confidential people. They are encouraged. They are, they are trained to be confidential people. So tell them. Then we have... Proverbs says it, we are to sharpen one another. You guys know that verse, to iron sharpens other. Brothers and sisters, oh, I like this one. Let's read this one. Galatians 6, 1 through 2. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Say it. Restore that person gently. Okay? That's a beautiful phrasing. But watch yourself. Or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens in this way. You will fulfill the law of Christ. Gently but carefully. Because you know if it's gossip, guess what's easier to do? Oh yeah, you're right. That person. No, that's when we do that other part. Be careful. Watch yourself that you also are not tempted. Okay? So that's the part. Gently help them, but don't join them. It's easy to join people when there's things like that. So protect your heart. But carry one another's burdens and keep each other accountable. So we have unity. Everyone put your one finger up. Unity. Jesus is the head. What was next? Pray for one another. They're together, right? Support one another. Pray for one another. And then accountability. You better tell. Accountability. And our fourth one is, oh, this is a fun one. Are you ready? There's gifts for everybody. But unfortunately, in this room, there's only gifts for two people. So look under your seat and see if you have the gift under your seat. There's two gifts out there. Everybody look under your seat. Who's got a gift and bring it up to me? I got a job for us with our gifts. I need help. Who's got the gifts? Oh, we got a gift. Come on up. Come on up. We got one more gift somewhere. Oh, oh, oh. She's got it. She's got it. Woo. Here's our two gifts, okay? Open up your gifts. Let's see what we got. What we got, what we got. Everyone loves gifts, right? A tape measure, woo! All right, we have a mission. We got to put a nail in here at six inches. Do you know how to read this thing? Okay, put it over there and get it to six inches for us. What do you got? Let's look, let's look. Huh. Uh-oh. You know what? Sometimes we don't know what our gift is. How many of you right now are like, gifts? I have a gift. What's a gift? I don't know what gift I have. Sometimes we need somebody's help to find that gift. Oh, I may have found it. If I can get it out. I hit it good. Huh. I have your gift. What is her gift? It's the thing we need right now, isn't it? It's the nail. It's the nail. We need a nail six inches in. She had it, but does she know she had it? No, sometimes we got to help each other find our gifts, okay? So if you don't know your gift, just don't say, um, I don't have a gift. I don't, I don't need, I, I don't know who to, what to do, so I'm just not going to do anything. No, each one of you, I don't have that many gift bags, but if I did, I'd put it under each of your seats. Each one of you has a gift, okay? Uh-oh. But what are we supposed to do with this now? We wanted to nail it in, right? We got a nail. We got a tape measure. Hmm. What, what are we missing to nail it in? 
a hard head could work. Uh, but no, God's, Jesus is the head, so we need something. We need a hammer, don't we? Oh, sometimes we can't get a job done because we don't have in our group what we need. What, do we, what should we do if we don't have what we need? We should pray for it, right? And so when we pray for that need and say, God, we're lacking. You know, right now we could use some more worship leaders so we can get more uh, prayer times started. We need a youth pastor, someone who has a passion for God and for our youth. So you know what? Right now, let's just pray for those two things because that's a lack in this body and we want it. Okay? So God, right now we are just calling in for those who, hey, you need to pray. Say Jesus. Help us have a youth pastor. Help us have a youth pastor. Because I'm about to be a youth and I need him or her. I'm about to be a youth and I'm to be having him or her. We do, Jesus. So, Lord, bring in a youth pastor that will love Shauna so well and bring her closer to Jesus. So, Lord, call in. And if that person's in this room right now, stir on their heart to give their time and their energy to these young people. We want that in our lives. And, Lord, we need more worship leaders. So thank you for those we do have. Strengthen them. But, Lord, bring in more so we can have more prayer sets. All right. Everybody look under your seats again. I have a feeling there's another gift out there. Look under your seats. Where's the other gift? I think it's there. I have a feeling. Where's the gift? It's in there. I know it is. Every child, look under your seat. Oh, oh, we got it. Come on, Eli. You got it for us. Ooh, does that mean you're going to be a worship leader? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be the youth pastor? Come on. You can start now. Open up that gift for us. What do we got? We got what we need. Come on. Can you hammer a nail in? I bet you could. Nope. Sorry. I'll hold the bags. You get that. All right. He's got our six inches for us. There you go. Nail it right there, but not on his finger, please. Good job. Go ahead and scoot back, Kai. Yeah, that's good. Scoot back so he has room. All right, our mission's completed. Oh, almost. It's a hard piece of wood. If you hold the hammer lower, it'll be good. Your brain's telling you that right now. It's going in. It's going. I believe it. Is it in? Is it in? Yeah. Thank you, guys. Y'all can go sit down. You're good. Yes. So what's your gift? If you don't know your gift, find someone who can help you find it. If you do have a gift and you're just not using it yet, we need you or the mission can't get done, okay? And this is a beautiful verse for that. Well, the rest of Corinthians, that section says, you are the body of Christ. That's the verse we're supposed to memorize. What is it? You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first the apostles, second the prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all hammers? No. Are all prophets? Are all the tape measures? No. But each one has its parts. Do, uh, yeah, so you got it now. Each have its part. In 1 Peter 4, let's say that one because that one's so good. 1 Peter 4.10, all believers have received at least one gift. It's in the word. So you have one. So don't listen to the lie that you don't have one. And they are not to hoard it. 
So those who are sitting on your gift, bring it up here, okay? Don't hoard at your gift, but use them faithfully as stewards of God's grace. Okay, guys, we are the body. And I wanted this message to be given with kids in here too because they are the body. Each one of them has a gift. Let's find it. Let's train them. Because if you have a gift, you now are a trainer, okay? You give it, but you also teach somebody else. So teach somebody that gift, okay? Look at these kids on Sunday mornings. If one comes in and is always like greeting people, greeters, pull them beside you. Let them greet with you, okay? If they seem really worshipful, tell us and we will get them on a worship team, okay? You can start even now, guys, kids in this room. You have gifts. Find them. You have needs. Tell somebody in this room today you have a need, okay? You need to let Jesus guide you. If you don't let Jesus guide you and he's not the head, let him be your head today. Let him guide you so we can all be guided, okay? Now to close, we're just going to have time to pray into this. You have two ways. There will be prayer leaders up here you can pray for it. Or I'd like to encourage you to get with a small group of people who are working on the same thing you want to work on. So if you want to work on having Jesus be the head of your decisions, or you want to pray for unity in the body with people, everyone put a one finger up. Okay? Find two or three people with a one finger up. Okay? If you need help, do we have the slide with all four of them so they can see it? If you have, uh, you want to pray for one another. Go practice even now. So put a two up and two people get together. Pray for one another. Practice it. Say that's how you're going to get better at it. So put a two up if you want to go pray with one another. Three is accountability. You have something in your heart or you just want to be better at being accountable. Find somebody with the three or come to the prayer leader. Okay. And then what's four? Gifts. If you don't know your gift or you want to pray for wisdom of where to use your gift now, go find somebody with a... Four. So let's stand up. They're going to go into worship again. Some prayer leaders will come up here or get into your group of at least two or three that you feel you need to pray for, okay? So God, we just come to you right now. And Lord, let us grow in these things. Let us be accountable to one another. Let us show true unity. Let us... Uh, pray for one another. Really pray for one another. Find someone, even if you didn't want any of those things, go find someone and pray with them. And then God show each person in this room, what is their gift? Where should it be used? If they're using it, may they also find a way to encourage somebody else to use their gift. So Lord, we come to you right now and we say, strengthen us in these ways today. In Jesus name.